This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. This morning we are in the book of Jude, and so I invite your attention to the book of Jude, and we begin in verse number 12, the book of Jude, and verse number 12, and we are going to read this morning through verse number 16. Jude and verse number 12, the Bible said, these are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you. Feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. I'd like for us to pray together. And Lord, we pray that as we come into uh, your word and into your presence, that you would open our eyes that we might behold the truth of thy word. I pray that you would speak through me, use me as your messenger, fill me with thy Holy Spirit, and help us, Lord, to be hearers of the word and doers. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we have noted thus far in our study of this little letter of Jude, we're engaged in a never-ending war for truth. Jude said in verse number 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We are to contend for the faith. And for 79 years as a church, we are uh, not only preaching and proclaiming the faith, but we are called upon to contend for it. Verse number four, Jude says, there are certain men crept in unawares. As we read in, in, our, in our reading this morning in verse number 15, the Bible says, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them. Where do we find the enemy? Where do we find the ungodly? Well, we might think we find the enemy outside the gates with his military regalia, with his armor, with his weaponry. He is imposing, he is threatening, he is coming after us. No, that's not where we find him. 
not in this war for truth. We find him, as the Bible says, that he has crept in unawares. He's blended in. He or she looks just like another church member, just another normal church member, another Christian who is a part of the fellowship, but they're not a Christian. The Bible says they are ungodly and they are among us. And so this morning, as we note this passage of scripture in verses 12 through 16, I want to preach this message entitled the ungodly among us, the ungodly among us. Uh, One of the things that we have learned and observed in this study of the book of Jude is that the enemy can often be hard to identify. And so Jude writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, exposes the enemy to us. And what we find about this enemy is something that's really quite shocking. Four times in verse number 15, he uses the word ungodly. And this speaks of two things in their lives. First of all, their attitude. They are ungodly in their attitude. You see, if we have the truth, if God has given us the truth. If Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, has committed unto us the truth of the gospel, we understand that there is also, in this battle for truth, error. And all those who walk contrary to the truth, all those who would seek to dissuade us and distract us and deceive us away from the truth are called in this passage, ungodly. You see, this is a characteristic of who they are, their attitude in life, the way they think. They think in an ungodly way. If you and I are to be godly, that means that we are to love God. We are to receive God's truth. uh, We are to believe and embrace God's truth. And we are to seek to live after that truth. Our attitude and our actions would would show, though we are imperfect, our attitudes and actions would show that we have a nature that is one that seeks to be godly, but we find that those who walk contrary to the truth, those who resist the truth, and those who reject the truth, and those who ridicule the truth, as we see the tactics of the enemy as he is exposed, they have to be characterized in this fashion They're ungodly. They're ungodly in their attitude and they're ungodly in their actions. And the primary action that we see spoken of in these verses is the actions of their mouth. It is the words that they speak. We find them using their words to discredit the word of God and to draw away people from the truth. And the very dangerous part of it is that we find them among us. And by the way, that's the way it has been. When Satan went to Eve, he went to her as the serpent in the garden. When Israel went out of Egypt, they went out with a mixed multitude. In other words, there were those among them who did not know the Lord, who did not love the Lord. They were a mixed multitude. And Satan sows his tares 
among the wheat. Deception is one of our, or one of his rather, chief tactics, and we find that he is an angel of light. He has transformed himself into an angel of light. He knows how to walk the walk and talk the talk, but he is an enemy of the truth. And Jude is awakening the people of God to help them understand that there are enemies among us. Judas was numbered with the 12, but he was filled with contempt for Christ and betrayed him. So we should not be shocked to find uh, that the enemy is among us. The ungodly are among us. Now in this passage, we see three things. And I want you to note them with me. Uh, First of all, in verses 12 and 13, we see the description of the ungodly. The description. And there are five pictures that are given to us here that Jude shares with us. Now, Oftentimes, when someone commits a crime, uh, the police will talk to the witnesses. And if that criminal is at large and they're trying to find him, they will listen to a description of the perpetrator. And uh, the artist, the sketch artist, will come and listening to the description given to them, uh, they will begin to sketch what the perpetrator, what the criminal may look like. And taking the input from Uh, The witness, they will then release a picture, an image to say, if you have seen someone who looks like this, then stay away from this person. And what is Jude doing? He is giving us a sketch. He is giving us a picture, five distinct pictures that describe for us the ungodly. And I want you to see them beginning in verse number 12. He says, these are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Uh, Note that they are among the people. They are feasting with them in their feasts of charity. Now today, as I mentioned, is our anniversary Sunday. And under normal circumstances, we would have gathered together and celebrated the anniversary of our church and had a, a wonderful meeting together. And then after our morning meeting, we would have gone over into the gymnasium where we would have shared a meal together. We typically do that, oh, at least three, four times per year. And we call it a fellowship Sunday. And uh, on this particular day, it's our anniversary Sunday. It's our homecoming. Many of you have heard that uh, language throughout the years. And we would have had a wonderful time of fellowship together as we share in this love feast. And we find that the early church, a vital part of of their life was celebrating together these love feasts where the believers would come together for a time of instruction and encouragement in the word of God, a time of worship, and then they would have a meal together. Oftentimes, the more wealthy members of the church caring in that or through that meal for the, the, the members who were struggling. And so they shared a wonderful meal together. Now, the picture here is that they were involved, they were in the very center of these charity feasts or feasts of charity, love feasts that the early church commemorated. And the picture here is of a dangerous rock. He says, these are spots in your feasts of charity. And the word spots carries with it the idea of dangerous rocks that lie beneath the surface of the water. And as we go through this 
uh, series of pictures, we're going to find that Jude uh, has given these pictures in terms that uh, he, he certainly would have been familiar with as a Galilean uh, navigating the Sea of Galilee and as a farmer in an agricultural uh, economy. Uh, this is a term that many would have understood, and this is the way he gives these pictures. And so the first for us is given to us in the form of these, the idea of these rocks beneath the surface. Now think of, of someone uh, sailing along the sea uh, upon the face of the water, and uh, they are unaware of the dangers that lie beneath, and suddenly the boat that is moving along uh, encounters the sharp, piercing rocks below and those rocks tear into the hull of the vessel and the vessel breaks open and uh, the sailors alerted uh, by the sudden jolt and the noise the awful noise that comes begin to see uh, the bottom of the ship as it begins to fill with water this is the picture that he gives here concerning the ungodly they are like lurking sharp rocks and their intent is to disrupt and to divide the fellowship of God's people. They're dangerous rocks. The second picture he gives for us, he says they are clouds in verse number 12. Uh, clouds they are without water carried about of winds. Uh, we're living in the midst of a great famine in our, in our nation and in our world. It is a famine of grace and truth. Have you noticed there's not a lot of grace that people have in dealing with one another? There's not a lot of mercy extended. There's not a lot of love uh, today in our culture. And there certainly is a famine for truth in our land. And this is the picture that is given to us here in verse number 12. Clouds they are without water carried about of winds. Here we find the picture is a barren, dry desert place. And a cloud arises on the horizon. And that cloud brings with it the promise of rain. And what does rain do? Well, rain refreshes and rain restores and rain brings life. It soothes. Oh, there's something wonderful about rain. And so imagine on a dry, dusty desert, you see the cloud and it is arisen on the horizon. And as it advances, as it comes your way, what are you anticipating? What is all of the earth anticipating at that moment? It is anticipating the showers of refreshing, but there's no water there. It's an advertisement for a product that cannot be sold. There's no water there. The cloud is empty. And the ungodly are like that. They promise to refresh. They promise uh, to bring new life. But they leave you disappointed. They leave you unfulfilled. You see, not only are they pictured here as dangerous rocks, but they're pictured here as disappointing clouds. And when the cloud moves along, as it moves along in the sky, then the scorching heat of the sun burns again on the face of the earth. You see the picture, they're dangerous rocks. They're disappointing clouds. We see a third thing, they're like dead trees, dead trees. Notice what the Bible says here again in verse uh, number 12, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Here we see that they're like a dead tree, a tree that has withered fruit. That means it's dry fruit. It is rotten fruit. It is drooping on the branches. And maybe one would see it from afar and think, I could go and I could take some of that fruit and experience the sweetness of it. 
only to find that it is rotten, only to find that it is withered. And the reason it is withered, the reason it is without fruit is because it is dead, plucked up by the roots. The picture is that the tree, the tree has literally been uprooted. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 13, the Bible says that every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. I want to tell you the fact that there is no fruit, the fact that there is no sweetness that the ungodly has to offer is the, because they have no life, because they have no root in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his truth. These ungodly apostates are like those trees that have come out of the ground, disconnected from the life-giving source of the water that flows upon the earth and the nutrients that are within it. Dead trees can't produce fruit. And so many people, many people leave disappointed. They leave with no fruit. But yet they find themselves standing in line waiting for the farmer to open his market and sell the rotten fruit. Think about how many times God's people go to the world. How many times God's people reject the truth of God, resist the word of God, and turn to the rotten fruit of this world. Oh, the ungodly among us. We see a fourth picture here. Uh, not only do we see that there are dangerous rocks, there are disappointing clouds, and there are dead trees, but we find this picture, they are disgraceful waves. Disgraceful waves. Uh, here he goes back to the theme of the water, the seas. Notice in verse 13, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Uh, here we find that they are like the troubled sea, the disrupted sea, uh, raging with its waves. And, and here we see that they are troubled. You see, the ungodly are troubled. They have no peace. They have no rest. They have no contentment. They have rejected God's truth. They have resisted God's truth. They have determined that they're going to walk in their own wickedness. And therefore, they are disruptive. They are troubled. And what do they do? In their disruption of their own soul and in the trouble of their own soul, they seek to trouble all people. They seek to trouble a, a society. And we see that happening in our nation as we've turned our back on God, as we've rejected his truth, as we've resisted his word, as we've ridiculed his church. We have seen a nation that is troubled, is raging like the waves of the sea. And what is it raging? What is it doing? It is foaming out their shame. They're disgraceful waves. What do we see in our nation? We see that which we should be ashamed of, paraded down the main streets of our cities, uh, promoted by our political leaders. They are foaming out their shame. You see, in, when the sea is disrupted by the crashing waves, what comes out uh, along the shore is all that lies on the surface, all the immorality, all the wickedness, all the disgraceful actions, attitudes, and deeds that are lying there on the floor of the ocean of their hearts is brought up and stirred up, and it is laid out on the shore for all to see. We live in a nation that is littered with disgrace. And then not only are they disgraceful waves, but they're drifting stars. This is the final picture he gives us here in this description. 
As he thinks about the sailors on the sea dealing with the raging waves, no doubt they would chart their course by looking at the stars in their courses. But here he notes that there were those wandering stars, those shooting stars. Twice in my life, I've seen a shooting star, something moving through the sky with a bright, brilliant light. I see, I've seen and witnessed it as it moved across the sky and then faded away, not to be seen again. You see, that's what these stars are that he's speaking of. They're wandering stars. They're not the kind of star that shines brightly and shines consistently. They are not the type of the stars that God has set in their courses that are traveling on the orbit that God has designed for them. No, these are wandering stars. These are stars that cannot be restrained. They are shining meteors who come through the sky with light, but then they fizzle out. And how often have we seen people who come on the scene and promise great light and promise great truth, and then we find they fizzled out and they are now in the darkness forever. So Jude gives us five striking descriptions to help us see who are the ungodly among us. They're dangerous rocks. They want to destroy the fellowship and the love and the bonds of peace that the church enjoys. And over the years, as a boy growing up in church, I've seen those rocks. Oftentimes I've been surprised by who they are, but I've seen them and the damage they cause. Disappointing clouds, people who come with promise and all the kind words and all, all the right expressions only to be clouds without water, dead trees with no fruit, disgraceful waves, people who are disruptive, people who are unhappy, people who are troubled, only foaming out the shame that is within them and drifting stars, just coming in and passing out, passing along, promising light, but fizzling out. He warns us of the ungodly among us. He gives us an apt description. And so we see the description of the ungodly. Then the second thing we note here is the destruction of the ungodly. The destruction. God is going to deal with them. And perhaps you might find yourself in that number. Your attitudes, your actions uh, betray the fact that uh, you are a Christian. In fact, if you're honest with yourself, you're going you're gonna to understand that you do not know the Lord. You do not have the Holy Spirit. You do not love God. You do not desire the things of God. Your attitude is contrary to the truth of God. You're constantly resisting his word. You're constantly uh, in a state of rejection of his word. And you have even turned now to begin to ridicule his word. I want you to understand that there's a judgment coming for the ungodly. The Bible says in verse number 14, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them, among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. 
the attitudes and the activities that are carried out by the ungodly should not take us by surprise. Why? Because Jude writes here that Enoch prophesied of these. You see, this struggle between the godly and the ungodly, this war for truth has been raging since the beginning of time. And so Enoch prophesied of this. He told us this was going to happen. In fact, we understand the deception and the wickedness uh, that is coming because we've been warned by the prophets in the Old Testament and by the apostles in the New and by the Lord Jesus Christ himself that there is a time of deception that is coming across this world and we're living in the beginning of those days. They're here. Now there are two things that we can know in the midst of these days. First of all, Jesus is coming. Notice what the Bible says here. He said, behold, in verse 14, this is the prophecy of Enoch, the seventh from Adam. Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000s of his saints. I want to tell you something. Jesus is coming again. When the disciples gazed up into the heavens, after the Lord ascended into the heavens, after he had given them the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the angels that stood by said, ye men of Galilee, why look ye up into the heavens? This same Jesus shall, uh, shall come again in like manner as ye have seen him go. I want to tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. He came the first time to be the substitute for our sin. He came the first time to suffer and bleed and die for us. He rose again, he ascended into the heavens, and he's coming the second time. And as he comes the second time, all of his saints are coming with him. Amen. Praise God we'll be in that number. The Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. Oh, you say, what in the world's happening in our nation? Here we are living in the midst of this uh, coronavirus pandemic. Here we are living in these uncertain times. Let me tell you, everything is coming together just as God said it would. We can know that Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. And so we know that Jesus is coming and we know that judgment will follow. Those of us who know the Lord will not be in this judgment. Only those who do not know the Lord, only those who are ungodly will face this judgment. Notice what the Bible says in verse 15, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming and he will bring judgment. He will bring condemnation. He will deal with the ungodly. That's why the Lord said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You and I don't have to take things into our own hands. In fact, we better not. We better learn to commit that to the Lord Jesus. Allow him to deal with with the ungodly and with the wicked. And as we read through the Psalms, we find that often the righteous were perplexed at the prosperity of the wicked. The righteous could not understand why God would allow the wicked to do the things that they did and to persecute the righteous. But we, what we find is that God in due time will set it all straight. He'll deal with all the injustice of this world. He's coming again. And notice what the Bible says about it. 
He says that he will deal with them. He will bring judgment upon them concerning what they have done, their ungodly deeds, and also what they have spoken against him. We hear their speeches, don't we? Their hard speeches, as, as Enoch prophesied, all, the, all of the wicked, bold, harsh, cruel things they have to say about God and God's word as they ridicule it, as they question it, as they mock it, as they discredited it. Let me tell you that God hears every word and God will judge them according to their words. And so we see the description of the ungodly and we see the destruction that awaits them. And I want to say to you, friend, if you do not know the Lord Jesus, you do not have to be a part of that destruction. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish in that judgment, but should have everlasting life. Would you come to Jesus? Would you just simply bow the knee to him and confess that he is the Lord Jesus? Would you agree with him that you're a sinner and call upon him? And the Bible said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But if you reject him, destruction awaits an eternity without God in a place called hell where he will judge the ungodly deeds and the ungodly speeches of the university professors, the political pundits, the entertainment, entertainers, even the clergy who speak against him and speak against his word. And then thirdly, we see another truth that Jude wants to remind us of here in verse number 16. We have seen the description of the ungodly and then we've seen the destruction of the ungodly. And finally, we see the dissatisfaction of the ungodly. Notice in verse 16, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their mouth speaketh great swelling words having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. One final characteristic that Jude wants to point out to us concerning the ungodly in this passage is that they are never satisfied. That they are not content. That they cannot be content. And the truth of the matter is, not only can they not be content, but they cannot sit idly by and allow others to enjoy the contentment that they often enjoy. You see, the apostate, ungodly person has to disrupt. They've never built anything. They've never established anything that is good and enduring. They only have learned to come into something that has been built or established, such as the church, or such as an educational institution, or perhaps a charitable organization, or even a civic organization. And uh, they come into the midst of those entities, not having been able to contribute one thing, but only to complain and to tear down and to destroy. And we've seen it time and time and time and time again in our culture. Think of the churches that once stood for the truth of God's word. But the enemies, the ungodly among them, began to speak in their murmuring and in their complaining. They began to speak with their great swelling words. In other words, 
they were big talkers. And they carried heavy influence. And they complained about what they didn't like in the church and what they didn't like about what the preacher had to say and what they didn't like. And so constantly through their bickering and through their complaining and through their murmuring. And by the way, if you're a child of God, murmuring and complaining should not characterize who you are. And if it does, friend, I want to tell you that is not a godly quality. It is an ungodly quality. And it serves in no purpose to help the church. It only serves to bring destruction to it. And here we find how they operate and why they operate the way they do. Because they are dissatisfied. They say, give us our rights. We want to be considered equal. But the truth of the matter is they have no interest in being considered equal. Their interest is to overturn the society as it is. And they will not be satisfied. They will not quit complaining. They will not cease to murmur. They will not stop with their great swelling words until they have infiltrated and destroyed all that is good and all that is righteous. And we've seen it happen time and time again in our nation as denomination after denomination has apostatized and turned away from the truth of God's word. And therefore we are to understand the nature of how they operate and their motive is that they want to be accepted by men. It says, the Bible says here, they, they speak great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. What is it that they want? They want position like Korah through his gainsaying who discredited Moses. They want to be acknowledged. They want power and they're walking after their lusts. What they crave, not what it is good for all people, not what is good for God's people. They want destruction. They want their appetite filled and we need to understand who they are. They are dissatisfied people. The Bible says the eyes of man are never satisfied. And friend, I want to tell you, if discontentment is a characteristic of your life, then that is a direct symptom of a problem that you have with God. If murmuring and complaining is always coming out of your mouth, then my friend, you better take inventory because the ungodly are among us and you may be one of them. Oh, would you examine your heart today? Would you come to the Lord Jesus openly, humbly, and say to him, Lord Jesus, I don't want to be numbered among the ungodly. I don't want to be a part of that crowd. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me and receive me. Save me. Help me to be a child of God, a godly person, not ungodly. As we've seen this description we understand who they are and how they work. And we as discerning people need to learn to avoid them. We need to learn to contend for the truth. We need to understand the destruction that is awaiting them. And we need to warn others not to be carried away by their talk and by their speeches. And we need to learn as Christians to be grateful and to be content and to be satisfied with what God has done. The ungodly among us. May the Lord help us. I invite you to pray with me today. And as we pray,
would you ask yourself an honest question? Am I among the ungodly who have resisted, who have rejected, and who even has ridiculed God's word? Are you willing to humble yourself today to understand the destruction that awaits you, to understand that the Lord loves you and desires to save you from an eternity in hell? Would you confess to him today that you're a sinner? Would you repent and turn from that sin and embrace the loving hands of Jesus which are reaching out to you at this moment with love and compassion? Would you come to Jesus? Would you confess him? Would you call upon him? Would you say today, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I have ungodly attitudes and I've committed some ungodly actions and deeds. I've said some hard things, some harsh things. I've countered the truth of God. And Lord, I pray that you'd forgive me. I pray that you'd receive me. I pray that you'd save me. Dear Christian friend, perhaps you've not been aware of these dangers, but you pray that God today would give you discernment. Would you ask the Lord to give you that discernment? Would you ask God to help you not to go to the fruit stand of the world to buy their rotten fruit when you have the life-giving power of the word at your disposal? Oh, I've seen so many over the years who've turned to the world instead to God, who act as if God's word and God's church is some second-hand product. Oh, friend, walk in God's truth. Understand the destruction that is awaiting the wicked. Understand that the Lord is coming soon. He will set everything right. Let not your heart be troubled. And then, instead of murmuring and complaining, would you ask the Lord to help you to be content Would you ask God to give you peace? Would you thank him? Would you express your gratitude toward him for what he's done for you? Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.